What up, fam? Yes, sir, man. Good to meet you, bro. Good to see you. Yes, sir. What's up, boss? What up, man? What's good with you? You know, normally I don't really normally I don't really fool with cats who spent a lot of time in Tuscaloosa, but you know. But what you think is too, man, like eventually your sport will pick you. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if you play them all, you'll realize the ones that ain't the one. Like that's the other thing too. Like to grow up in the South and be a basketball, baseball guy. Yeah. And be a brother. Yeah. Like that's that's, that's different. Yeah, that's, that's different. different. So yeah, that's super. That's real different. I told y'all that dude, the uh, baseball coach in my high school came up to me, and I'm already playing ball. Got scholarships. He was like, "Hey, listen, I just teach you how to make contact. You can run. You get on base. You'll be good." I looked him straight in his eyes. I said, "Man, black dudes don't play baseball. Go away." I don't. Yeah. Huh? I regret. I don't have many regrets in life. I regret that. My football coach. So I played baseball, but to high school. And so my football coach was the reason I went to my high school. And I remember saying, Coach, hey, I'm going like, to play football. I'm going to hoop. I'm going to play baseball, too. And I remember he said, he's like, you're going to be a Division I football player. And you want to spend your springs running around punk ASS bases. <laughs> and I was like, I, appreciate it. I was like, I guess not, Coach. So you put it. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, you put it you, if you put it that way. You put that shit on you. Yeah, 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 yeah. put it on me. That's what, I, that's what they try yeah. to do to little change. It was track so, season. It was track season for me. That's why I ain't play baseball. Freddie, you ran a four two. It was track. Then they team. one of my big ass on the track team. They had me Who throwing mean? the they had me throwing the discus with the Polynesians. Yeah. <laughs> it was track and, track, track, track and basketball. Hold up, limitless. Take a semi cap pin in it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a semi cap in it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. Hey, man. Uh, welcome to the pivot, Tim. Uh, we appreciate your time. We know right now it's during the season for you. Uh, so we expected you to be in the clubhouse already. Yeah. I know you'll be there later. Uh, it's Channing, Freddie T. I'm RC. Shout out to our partners over at Happy Dad, sponsors at DraftKings, everybody that subscribes. We appreciate your support. Uh, without you guys supporting and watching and viewing and liking and commenting, we don't have a show. Some people call you Mr. Southside, mm -hmm. you know, uh, two-time All-Star, uh, Silver Slugger, batting champion in 2019. But you're different for the sport, mm -hmm. right? There's a different flair, a different flash. I hate the word to use the word swag because now it's become so common, yeah, right, and normal. But just the way you carry yourself is unfamiliar to the baseball traditionalist. Mm -hmm. But what's undeniable is the skill and so many times where we are in life narratives begin to be pushed and people like to cast aspersions and develop perceptions of people without knowing their story that's what the pivot is about so i really want to take it all the way back to the beginning tim anderson jr can't do that without talking about senior can't do that without telling the story of growing up with your aunt Lucille and not your mother. The first time your father ever laying eyes on you, it was from behind a glass window in prison. Tell us a little bit about what that upbringing was like and how being raised by an aunt, uncle, not having your father around, taking the trips with granddad, mm -hmm. you know, to see him kind of started to shape you. Yeah, definitely different. Um, you know, you growing up with, you know, not your brothers and sisters. 
Uh, so I visited my mom on the weekend. And just being in a different household, it's, it's not really the same, you know, not having your, your real dad. I was raised by my aunt and uncle. And the baseball really came from their side because their kids played it. And uh, I kind of picked up on it just from, you know, being there. They took me in when I was some months. Uh, I was the youngest of five. Uh, just, you know, mom's situation was different. And, you know, dad was in prison. Um, but I understood that. So all my pictures with my dad is, you know, uh, growing up is with him uh, in prison. So, uh, you know, I always wanted to, you know, be different from him. So I kind of learned from his mistakes just by doing the opposite of what he did. And that kind of led me here. How difficult is it for, I guess, for your father, and now that you've gotten older, and you guys do have a good relationship, and it mm -hmm. seems that your family always wanted you to have that. He kept the scrapbook, yep. the pictures that you guys would get an opportunity to take when you would visit him, understanding that it was a pocket full of drugs mm -hmm. and a first-time offender who mm -hmm. now, in the crusade against crack, spends 15 years, almost 16 years put away because of that. Did, did that ever weigh into the compassion you had for your father and understanding? It wasn't what he wanted to do to be away from you, but you said you made that promise to your kids mm -hmm. that you would always be around based on the way you had to be brought up. Yeah, I understood what he had to go through, you know, just to survive, you know. Uh... I mean, he had to take care, you know, my, his mom and his brothers and sisters. So I really never really knocked at him. Uh, I kind of understood his process, understood his journey. And, uh, you know, I kind of just, just bought in. That's, that's just what it is. You know, everybody got a story. Um, and I think that's what makes the story so, you know, so dope and so cool and interesting. You know, continue to be so successful and, uh, you know, keep going after, you know, all the things that I've been through. Crazy. My dad got locked up for drugs. Well, he, you know, before I was born and all that stuff. Perfect. And as a grown man, I had to talk to him because the, mm -hmm. the show Cocaine Cowboys, that movie, yeah. the first one, my dad's in it. He won the yeah. Dolphin players that got caught getting the dope off the plane. Yeah. And as a grown man, I went to Holiday, I'm like, you know, now I'm grown. Tell me what happened. Chan, I wasn't selling no goddamn drugs. I was taking it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my personal use. Yeah. You know, but it's just interesting being a grown up and now talking to your dad about it, you know. Because you had those real conversations. Had real conversations. Yeah. How was that like when you could really talk to him as a man? It was eye opening. It was pieces that I was trying to put together, but I really didn't know. And just to hear from him, you know, definitely, uh, you know, confirmed it. It made me feel better. And uh, that's why I say I understood, you know, what he went through. And I can't, you know, I can't judge him or, or knock him. All we can do is just go from here and build our relationship uh, the best way we know how and the best way we can. And with those experiences with your pops, how does it, you being a father to Peyton and Paxton, how does it affect you guys' relationship? Like what examples do you take from your dad's relationship mm -hmm. and, and, and insert those with Peyton? Uh, I just, you know, I always wanted to be with my dad 24 seven. Uh, and so now that, you know, I may I got my own, um, you know, they're, they're with me 24-7. You know, I try to be, you know, be hands-on. Uh, I try not to miss anything. Um, and really just build it off of love. I think love is the, you know, the right way to go. Uh, you know, because they know how to love. You know, uh, give me a hug, give me a kissy. Uh, so I think, you know, just really building off of love, uh, it makes it a whole lot better. Knowing as a kid that that's not your house you're living in. Mm -hmm. Right, because I, I feel some of this where my mom was a single mother of three, so like, you know, I'm at my friend's house a lot, you know, people are trying to help her out, yeah. you know, raising these three kids. And I would always try to 
I guess excel because I don't say I'm not supposed to be there, but I know I'm a burden on you somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, know what I'm saying? You're different. You're different. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You around your cousins, but that's yeah. not your brother and sister. Do you think that has something to do with your with your success and what you've done? I could say, yeah. You know, that story is crazy. You know, just growing up in a house that really not your real brothers and sisters. That's, I mean, it's your blood, but it's not your your real blood. So it definitely made it different. And all, all my, uh, my aunt kids was older. You know, I was always the youngest, so it was definitely different. And there's a lot of more story, you know, a lot, of, a lot of more pain that came from that that, you know, shaped me into who I am. We were talking earlier, you're from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, mm -hmm. right? You are from football country. Yep. It's about that dang Paul Bear Bryant, mm -hmm. now Nick Saban. I hate him, but I do respect him. You yep. know, I'm an LSU guy. Right. Uh, I played for Nick at LSU, but you grow up there mm -hmm. and you become a basketball player and a baseball player. Like, let's be real, the basketball I get, yeah, right? Yeah, so. A young brother, you want to hoop, like that's what we do. But to not play football and gravitate toward baseball, like you said, that was part of growing up with your aunt and your uncle, but your homeboy Terrence too, Yeah. right? You were really tight with him and you go through two years of high school, you're a hooper, I don't know if people were shaking you or what was going on. You kept breaking <laughs> legs. Yeah. You know what I mean? You break your legs, you know, back to back years. And he was basically like, hey, Tim, man, just come out. You, what you changed to Hillcrest, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, I went to Hillcrest. Right. And they're like, hey, come try out for the baseball team. You missed the tryout. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to play baseball because, like, who play baseball? You know what I mean? Like, all my homies was hoopers and all my homies played football. And uh, I just wanted to hoop. But. I mean, I knew I could play baseball. I always played against Terrence, like, growing up in Little League when I was going to Hill County. And uh, I transferred to Hillcrest because I knew it would be a, a better opportunity, bigger school, uh, you know, more talent to play against. I just didn't want to play, you know, because I kind of fell in love with basketball. But even though I had got injured to it, I still wanted to do it. But baseball, it was just something to do. So you missed the tryout. Mm -hmm. He has to go to the coaches and tell them. Convince them, yeah. So you missed it on purpose? Yeah, because I didn't want to play. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to play. What the hell was you doing? <clears throat> I just wanted to hoop. You know, I just wanted to hoop. I wanted to be a hooper. You <laughs> so know? you missed the tryout. You get the tryout again for the coaches, but then the seniors yeah. had to vote to put you on the team. And you start in the outfield. The first game, they don't even let you hit. Right. They let Shohei Otani hit for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're letting the pitcher, the, the yeah. pitcher is, is hitting for you. When did you start to realize, though, that baseball could be something that could carry you, whether it was community college, college, to the major leagues? When I went to junior college, you know, my first year, I was just something to do. You know what I mean? Away from home, out of the streets, away from, you know, all the bad things that was happening. I think I went to Kansas after my freshman year. And I had a good, I had a good, uh, I had a good summer out there in the Woodbat League, um, and I went back and I knew that I had a chance to, you know, turn it into a profession. Yeah, because you batted dang near 500. I hit, hit ten <laughs> homers. Yeah, I learned how to hit. For sure. <laughs> I learned how to hit. But being drafted uh, 18th, right, in the first round, 2013, which was like 19 years old. Yeah. Two million dollar signing bonus. A guy who did not want to, who missed the trial on purpose. What do you do with $2 million at 19 years old? At that point, I didn't know. You know, I just wanted to play when I got the money. And the first thing I bought was like an iPad and <laughs> some shoes. iPad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm from Trust Clues. You don't, you, don't, you don't see nothing. You don't see stuff like that, you know, happening. I didn't really know what a million dollars was at the time. You know what I mean? I was coming from, 
you know, nothing for real. So just to go from nothing to having $2 million, like. So it was those nice cars on the street around Tuscaloosa or yeah, like we had, a watch, we, like something. Well, you know, Alabama had NIL running before NIL. <laughs> there was some nice cars yeah. on the street at, at Tuscaloosa. Yeah, but I was, I, I was different. I really wasn't. You know, I really wasn't into all that. I mean, I bought a car, right. you know, I had a car. My dad gave me a car. So I had like three cars. I wasn't really into, you know, all the crazy stuff that I'm into now. So what type of crazy stuff are you into right now? Like just shopping and clothes yeah. and, you know, you grow, you're growing now. You got a line too, right? T TA7. Is that more of a sports apparel or fashion? It's street fashion, it's, it's sports. I mean, it's really whatever you want to call it. It's just more so just being me, authentic. Uh, and if you support me, then you support the brand. I got to go back, Tim. People try to mold their children into Tim Andersons. Yep. You messed around in with Top 20. Yep. Like, there's the animosity because them dudes in there grinding in the ballroom. And you already look different. Yeah. And you already got the street swag, I yep. guess you want to say. And you in there going top 20, getting, this, getting these millions. And these yep. dudes been working their whole life to get there. Any animosity, any jealousy, really? I don't, you know, I don't really pay attention to nobody. You know what anybody really have to say. Uh, I know my goals and I know where I want to be and where I need to be. And, you know, learn this journey. I, I learned, you know, my purpose throughout all of this. And so I'm just committed. Like, I'm committed to just continue to keep working and, you know, staying locked in. I can't really, can't buy into, you know, anything else. Channing's talking about being a little different. Yeah. Right. And we keep saying being a little different. Just the pivot. You black. Yeah. And he's like, you really black. Like, I'm sure there are opportunities and times <laughs> that, you know, you were hopping in or walking into the clubhouse and Dominican was probably trying to speak to you in Spanish. And then they had to realize, nah, he's just a brother. Right. And so like, that's who you are. And you carry yourself in that way. And not only carry yourself in that way, you're actually proud of it. You know, I got to stay, you know, true to, you know, how I was brought up. Uh, if I switch it, then it's fake. You know what I mean? So I kind of like to keep it authentic and, uh, you know, be the best version of myself. Uh, regardless of where I'm at, uh, where I'm going. Sports Illustrated 2019, you said you kind of feel like Jackie Robinson. Mm -hmm. In any arena, when you invoke a name like that, people read more into it instead of having some sort of logic and rationale into understanding that there was a period of time where African-American baseball players were very prominent. There were the, the Ken Griffey Juniors, there were the Barry Bonds, there were the Bobby Bonillas and all of these players. That time has been ushered out right. of Major League Baseball. So I understood what you said, but there was such a reaction to it that what is, it's what, 2021, I believe, and it's, you know, this is post George Floyd, this is post Philando Castile, and, you're playing against the Yankees and someone calls you Jackie, Josh Donaldson, as a matter of fact, let's say his name. And then there's an altercation in the middle of the field. You're eventually suspended. You don't even appeal the suspension. And you said, there's no people that look like me that understand where I come from who get to make the decision on what I'm going through. Right. So why appeal it? When you're going through something like that, is there ever a feeling of being an outsider, of being an outcast? And it's always it's always that, you know, just by being black in that sport and and like you said, I'm really black. You know what I mean? I'm really black. I listen to what I listen to, how I move, uh, and it ain't really it ain't really that in that sport. So 
it definitely makes you feel lonely. Like when I first got called up, I felt, you know, lonely because I couldn't relate to anybody. Like all my homies play like basketball or like football. Or, and uh, so, yeah, just just really just being different in that sport makes it a whole lot tougher on how to move and just even just being around or even when you go to different cities, like who you gonna eat, who you gonna you gonna spend your time with. So, a lot of times, really spent with myself. You know, on, on the road, uh, I'll go eat alone, I'll chill alone, uh, and I was just really with my teammates during the game. How does that mold you as a teammate when like it ain't supposed to be that way? Right, like, we team, we just yeah. you really just working together. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying. That's what it was. That's but, just what it was. But how does that? How do you navigate that now that you called up? You probably one of the youngest dudes in the yeah. in the in the whole. Ball in the clubhouse, yeah. In the whole clubhouse. And now you have to figure out a way to to fit in. Yeah. Were you trying to fit in or you just said hell with it? I always knew my my goals and what I was here for. You know, I knew if I played good and I could provide for my family. So I didn't really, you know, I just did my job the best way I know how. And I enjoyed the moment with them while we were on the field. But outside the field it was it was more so silence. Uh it was a lot of time spent with myself, learning about myself, uh, learning about the sport and what I can and can't do uh, in the sport, because it is, it is different, for sure. What did, what did you learn about yourself in that time? I can just be the best version of myself, how I can be the best version of myself. Um, and also the way that I'm playing also allowed me to build, you know, the confidence. So now it's, shit, I don't care. You know, when I walk in, the table gonna shift towards me anyway. You know what I mean? So uh, I set the vibes. So uh, just just being able to do that because, uh, you know, I continue to keep working. I haven't mastered it yet, but I'm still working to master it. Well, the only player to hit over 300 in four straight years. You, you, you figure something out, goddammit. <laughs> crazy, right? But you, uh, you're gonna be a free agent at the end of the year if the Sox don't pick up the option. Yep. Do you prefer to stay in Chicago or do you, you hope they don't pick up the option so you can become a free agent, test the market, because what is it, a 14 million yeah. uh, uh, option? Mm -hmm. Most shortstops are getting around, what, 27 to 30, 33. How do you feel about, do you, would you prefer to stay in Chicago or? It's just one of those things, I, I understand the business, you know, if they want to keep me, then cool. And if they don't, then cool either way. You know, yeah, yeah, the numbers are different when it comes to the shortstop. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think everybody know. You know, they know, you know, my time is coming. I'm going to be patient. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to continue to keep working. And uh, whatever's for me going to come to me anyway. You prefer shortstop over second base? Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, you only played second base in the WBC. Right? Yeah, but I got to get I got to get my check for where I've been at right now. And I've yeah, been at short, you know what I mean? But we could talk after, you know, you pay me as a shortstop or handle me as a shortstop. Then maybe we could talk after right. if, if that's the fact of, you know, second base being an option. Um, but for the most part, you know, I'm a shortstop. I actually want to bring that up because you mentioned kind of having to be a loner, be away from teammates mm -hmm. when you are away from the ballpark or when you are away from the clubhouse and then coming in and, and setting the vibe, mm -hmm. right? You know, like there could be a reputation, a reputation gained from that where people are like, man, Tim, all he care about is just ball. All yeah. Tim ain't really a great teammate. You know, it's always that who's a great teammate. Is he a clubhouse guy? Yeah. You hear those things. 
This summer, you went and told the team, I'll play second base so, so you can have, uh, it was yourself, who was playing short? Edward BC? Yeah. Trey Turner? Trey Turner, so they can have both of you guys mm -hmm. out there at the same time. That way, both of you are in the lineup. That's an unselfish act. Yeah, for sure. Right? In, in a situation to where someone as good as you are, as accomplished as you are, can be like, I don't care who the other shortstop is. That's what I'm going to do. You got to understand the situation. You know, we're in the WBC. We got the whole world watching. Uh, and for me to, you know, be able to crack that lineup and play second, like I get a chance to show the world my talent and also show how, how unique I am to be able to slide over to second and not play there at all and, and go out and have a good time and, and, and basically be the everyday second baseman for the BC. Um, but at the same time, it helps me too. You know, it boosts my value up because it's like, oh, he can play second too. But I'm an athlete, so I can really play anywhere. It's just up on do I want to do it or not. But, uh, you know, sliding over the second definitely uh, just show, you know, was able to showcase my talent to, you know, to the world. The executive vice president of the White Sox, when you were coming out, he said he reserves a certain evaluation or analysis that he doesn't give most hitters. And he actually said you had athleticism at the plate, mm -hmm. which you, you are a hooper. And, you know, those type of skills translate directly over. But I also want to talk a little bit about, like, the reason a lot of us don't play baseball is because it just seems boring. Like, like when you're in the ballpark, it's an exciting thing. When you're yeah, yeah. watching it on TV, you watch a dude pitch a ball and sometimes it get hit. And yeah. if it get hit, sometimes people catch it. But you have, you know, the bat flips, the celebration, and you take a little heat for that. And I think we all know and understand why. But one of the coolest moments I've seen from, from you is the walk off at the Field of Dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And you're running around the bases and you're hitting them with... Yeah, As you're coming around, you're fired up. <laughs> Talk a little bit about that experience, man, and what that felt like, because that had to be one of those moments that you were like, you know what, I'm supposed to be here. It was definitely different. Uh, that whole day was was different, but, uh, you know, the vibes was was so cool just being able to, you know, this was the first game in the Field of Dreams, and you got everybody watching, so it's like you want to do something dope that, you know, that make people you know, pay attention, but, you know, definitely, you know, walking off against the Yankees was was definitely one of those, was one of those vibes. No, baseball don't want you to do nothing dope. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're right, but that was a good moment for baseball. I think it opened, it opened up a lot of people's eyes um, that it can be fun. Uh, you can do bad flips. You can celebrate. Now you see it. You know, they promoting it. Uh, they got celebration for home runs in the dugout. You know, the next year they uh, they had Tatis on the front of the, the cover flipping the bat. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and that came out of the 2019 incident. And I got suspended for that incident. But the next year we promoted that incident. Yeah. And and now that's that's growing the game and we still promoting it. So it definitely was, uh, you know, one of those moments that was different for me because, uh, you know, they tried to dim my light, but I continue to keep going and, uh, you know, continue to uh, have fun with it. They're changing real rules in baseball. They got mm -hmm. the pitch clock. They got the bases. They done made the bases big as hell. They, they saucers now. Can they, can, I don't know how to change unwritten rules because they unwritten, but how does that happen when they can now embrace it? You bring up Tatis. You bring up, you know, excitement. You yeah. bring up that trying to, honestly, monetarily, bring a younger crowd into this game. Yeah. Because if you get all 60, 70, 80 years watching the game, they're going to die soon. Yeah. All the fans can't die, yeah. Chad. Motherfuckers die. <laughs> <laughs> Every day you close to dying, brother. Yeah. But like, like, are those, are there the players, like, can the pitchers not be so sensitive? 
if, if if I show you out, damn yeah. it, I hit the ball. Like I mean, but you got you got you got the best of both worlds. You got some guys that don't like it, some guys that do. Um, but I think it's about like you got to think about like how hard the sport is, man. And you mm. and you get to the point to where you or you hit a home run in in a big league stadium, like. What's the chances of that happening? You know how I many people trying to get to the league? You know how I many people trying to get a just one at bat in in a big league stadium? So to hit a home run, I think it's only right to like enjoy it. Like that don't happen every day. And with that, Tim, you are uh, two time All Star. Earlier in the season, you had some some early adversity with some injuries, uh, and I, I was reading some stuff they mentioned about being in a slump. Mm-hmm. But you made a quote. I just want to read it real quick. It's okay to suck for three to four weeks to be great for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. It's about changing, making adjustments, and growing. Growth and accountability. Could you take us a little bit further into that? And how does that affect your, your personal life and your yeah. personal self? I think, like, you're going to always go through things. Uh, to be great, you just got to understand you know what the task is. If you're always great, then you you can't learn anything. So I think it's just a learning process uh, of making adjustments, you know, through our life, making adjustments throughout the sport, and just always being a student to the game. And and I'm always open to learning, and I'm always open to growing, and I'm always open to uh, you know to better myself. Those statements are a unique segue into where life has been for you this year and in this season of your life. You mentioned growth, you mentioned learning, you mentioned bettering yourself. Sometimes there are going to be some setbacks Mm -hmm. and mistakes made and bad decisions that affect people that are close to you during those times. I mean, me and you have been back and forth trying to get this done. And initially for me, it was that my son loves you. And my son doesn't even rock with baseball Mm -hmm. like that. But even he, you know, like that's why I started following you. He reposted you on the story one day and I was like, oh, let me go check him out though. You know, and so now getting to this point and, you know, even something your father said is like, yeah, I know Tim had some dark times. I know Tim has dealt with certain things. When you look at where you are from a mental standpoint and emotionally now, how has some of the adversities and things you've gone through helped you get to this point? And do you feel you were still growing? Yeah, we talking about pain all the way back to, you know, to being a kid, you know, even from... You know, from my dad being in prison, just being absent. That's a lot, you know, to even have to, you know, deal with. Because you need, you need that as a, um, as a young kid. Um, but, you know, as I think back on, you know, really all the things from losing a close friend. Brandon. Yeah. You know, to losing my grandma this, you know, a couple months ago. So it's always, you know, it's always something that you're wrestling with inside that brings a lot of pain. You know, you be at the lowest points in life to... You know, try to continue to better yourself in it. It just it makes it harder. The task continue to get harder, and you just continue to keep fighting. And I just you know try to continue to keep pushing to to, uh, to better myself uh, as a whole, to better myself uh, around people, but always you know do it with love. Just try to continue to you know stay in that love phase. And I ain't perfect, you know what I mean. But I try to be as perfect as I can. Um, and nobody really know what you're really wrestling with you know, uh, behind the scenes. Um, But I think the ultimate goal is just to try to keep going and keep pushing. You know, all of us are, or were, I definitely can't say it anymore, we're athletes. Mm -hmm. And we also understand outside of being athletes, we're humans. Mm -hmm. We deal with pain, you deal with loss, you deal with 
making decisions that not only affect you, but affect those around you. Uh, you're married mm -hmm. to your wife, Bria. You both, you guys started the League of Leaders because of your friend, right. Brandon Moss, uh, who was shot and killed, uh, you know, to speak out against gun violence. But you have one of those families, whether it's because you're both very attractive people or you're both, both successful people. Your wife uh, was an English teacher. It's the community latches on to you, mm -hmm. right? The culture latches on to you. For sure. Like you're a handsome dude, right? She's a beautiful woman, those things happen. You have beautiful girls, For sure. right? Two beautiful daughters, but lately it hasn't been about the home runs. It hasn't mm -hmm. been about how talented Tim is. It's been about what type of husband yeah. is Tim. It's been about the messiness or the pettiness that can become part of the marketing of gossip sites. Mm -hmm. And in dealing with that, like I know, it's one thing to deal with things in your house personally and yeah. privately. It's another thing to have to deal with them publicly. It's another thing for you to be reminded and also your wife be reminded of what you guys are going through. As you said, sometimes you never know what people are going through. We actually know right. what you are going through. <laughs> for sure. When you look at that situation, how difficult has that been for you? You know, it's been going on for a minute now. Uh, you know, and just trying to get to a place because the days continue to keep coming and I continue to have to keep playing, you know what I mean, through this. But, you know, you try to make it right, you know, the best way you can, you know, behind the scenes. And that's something that I that I did. But, you know, people are going to always have their thoughts on how they see things. And uh, so for me, I just really, you know, try to ignore uh, a lot of things that go on or what a lot of people say, because I know, you know, my truth and I know. Uh, you know, I know what's real and what's not. So I just try to continue to handle it the best way I know how and not really get distracted because uh, at the end of the day, I'm on a mission. Tim, let me say this, man. This ain't a gossip site. Yeah, you for know, sure. me personally, I, um, I was hesitant to even bring up that stuff, but it's part of life. You know, it's part of your truth and you can speak to that. But what I'm more proud of is that uh, in February, you stepped up to the plate. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you're accountable. You know, you, you made a decision. You say, look, the world, this is my truth, right, right. you know, but I don't know your truth. Yeah. I want you to speak to that. You know, gossip sites are just that. They're gossip sites. They don't have everything. I think what Freddie's trying to say, too, we want to be very respectful because the news that we do have comes from that or comes from social yeah, media. With some let me say this, too, because when I mentioned Peyton and Paxton, yeah, I only saw uh, from doing research you mentioned your son as 007. I didn't know yeah. his name, so I didn't want to just blurt anything yeah, out. Seven. But I want to give you that moment to, you know, speak and, and let the world know this is my son. Yeah, this is something for sure. I'm proud. Proud. You know, I never once denied it. You know, I always, you know, I'm always going, I'm going to step up to the plate with mine because that goes back to, you know, when I was a kid and my dad, you know, I know what it feel like not having your dad around. So... 1,000%, you know, I never, you know, I was, I was there, been there, uh, gonna always be there, um, and gonna always do what's right, you know, uh, for my kids, because that's, that's mine, um, regardless of what anybody says or however, however he came, you know what I mean, but that's just, that's mine, yeah, for so sure. You and Bria have Paxton and Peyton, mm -hmm. now you have seven, mm -hmm. it becomes more of fodder when 
those things are happening so publicly. And we go, and I'm going to make it it's open to where we all right, get right. comfortable. No, and 100%. And we want to be comfortable, but more than anything, we want to be respectful. Right. We're all married men. You're a married man who publicly had a baby, mm-hmm. right, outside of his marriage. For sure. Right away, the people from the outside are going to perceive that as sinful, as the devil, as he can't be a good right. man. He can't be the husband or the father that he said he was. Right. And then you add on to that, it just keeps coming, mm-hmm. right? It's... We're going to post this picture. We're going to have this conversation publicly. We're going to do those things. How has that been for you to handle at your house with Bria? Because it's, okay, you say, okay, I handled the situation. This is who I am. That's my son. I'm going to take care of him. But you also have three people in your house that you're taking care of. You have Bria's name stitched on your glove. She's out supporting you and clapping for you. And when she's doing that, bro, you already know she's going to get why you there. Right. So how has it been dealing with what is going on privately and having seven while outside your marriage and having to deal with that with Bria and make those things right with her? You know, we, we went to therapy, just really digging into, you know, what what was it? What caused me to, you know, go into, you know, these these spaces or even that space to even create that? It's, it's a tough conversation. It's a tough situation. You know, I feel like we did we did a lot of work as far as, you know, understanding it and and showing my love to, you know, to my wife and to my kids. But, you know, it's something I'm still going through trying to, you know, trying to trying to master it to get to the point to where I'm OK with walking in and then stepping in it a, a thousand percent for sure. I'm just going to be honest with you. There is no mastery right. of it as someone who has dealt with ego as someone who has dealt with selfishness and I understand how difficult it is to earn trust and in earning trust, how hard it is to build it back. Like if you take the finest piece of China, the finest piece of jewelry, if you take a vase, like if you nick it, if it gets scratched, it's worth less, right? right? And it's, and right. it's, but if you crack it, if you break it and now you're trying to piece it together with super glue, bro, Every wind that blows, it's shaking. Right. Every time you bump into the table, it's sitting on, sure. it's shaking. And you could have a million days where you take care of it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And the one day that you don't, it remembers that it was broken. It remembers that it was nicked. It remembers that it was cracked. And that trust, man, takes it takes a lifetime to continue to build. That trust takes a lifetime to continue to show the correct level of remorse to where it's ever satisfied. And it's about our priorities. It's about understanding how to sacrifice. And all those things are hard, dog. Like they really are. When we grow up the way we do and saying, we got to take care of self and be individual in our focus, it's easy when it comes to our kids. Yeah. It's been more difficult when it's come to my wife and understanding how each and every decision I make that I believe honors me doesn't necessarily honor her. In truth, what decisions can I make to honor myself through her? And I'm still working through that, bro. And that's still difficult for me. So I'm not here to give you excuses. I'm not here to talk about the darkness. I'm here to say, man, that it's a continual fight and a journey. And I am proud that you can be honest enough to say, I'm working through it and trying to master it. Like, and I do like the fact that Bria, she stepped up and said, look, this is about my family. I don't have time for internet games. For all of you guys, being young adults, younger, much younger than me, you know, the responsibility is to 
the children, you know, to your son seven right. and stepping up to the plate and making sure that he is the only priority in all of this because it's going to affect his upbringing. Yeah, for you sure. You know, he can, like you said, you had dark times. Yep. Kids go through, the, go through these mental phases when they can look around and see how things are, how the adults are acting, that affects them. So within all of this, the outside noise, continue to, continue to stay strong in your house and sure. what you believe in, but lead that young man. Yep. Please lead that young man because we need these strong, strong-minded yep. individuals. In yeah, most definitely. That's what it's about. I never really wanted to, you know, play the internet game, and I never, mm -hmm. I never did. Um, you know, I always wanted to, I wanted to stay into like the real life, you know, the real life phase of, 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 of what I've created, um, and just try to, you know, try to handle it the best way I can, and uh, kind of more so keeping people out of the business um, because nobody really never understood, you know, what I was going through when. When uh, when I was making those decisions, or or, or where my heart was, or, right. or what was on my mind, or how hurt I was, or you know how lonely I felt, but ultimately, like you know, the goal was never to really you know kind of play with anybody's feelings. It was more so you know I just trying to you know find who I am, uh, continue to keep going, and um, identify uh, myself. I made a couple of decisions that probably shouldn't have been made along the way, but I'm open to, you know, dealing with them and growing with them because, I mean, this is what it is, and I'm I'm willing to take whatever smoke that comes with it, and I just really want to be honest, and really the most honest as I can be uh, with the world, uh, you know, with the people around me, with the people that I love, uh, and just continue to keep, you know, stepping by faith and having faith in everything I do uh, and just knowing that, all is going to get better at the end of the day. It's all working out for the good. And tough times are real, the real ones to me. For sure. When everything going good, when I'm balling, playing yeah, well sure. and all. Yeah, everybody going to be around patting you on the back until you have tough times. And the real ones, Bria, shout her out first and foremost. But who else was there for you? Because, like you said, there's a lot of people in your life, but at different yeah. levels. But going through something like this, you're going to see the real ones. Definitely. Yeah, it really wasn't really. I can't really say it was too deep. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, my homies. Uh, you know, Bria uh, and my therapist, you know, uh, you know, it was a lot of work behind the scenes as, as what I did to get, obviously, to build, to build this up, for even me to come talk to you guys. Like, we've been trying to make this happen for so long, and I've been, you know, telling them, like, man, I'm, I'm working on myself, you know what I mean? Like, because I don't, you know, I didn't really feel comfortable with, you know, speaking out or talking about this situation because I just didn't know what to say and it's still it's still like that i mean i know how to maneuver around it and handle it but as far as like speaking about it like that's still tough on me but you know we're growing we're growing and we're getting better every day um all i can do is continue to have faith and uh you know keep believing the path that i'm on and uh that it's all working out for the good for sure mm -hmm. what were some of those things if you're comfortable yeah. what were some of those things that you were dealing with or some of those things you needed someone to understand because this is outside looking in, right? This is devil's advocate. Right, right, right. He's handsome. Yeah. He's rich now, right? He got, he has homeboys who has passed. He understands how blessed he is right, right, right. to be where he is, right? He's uber talented. He's popular. He's famous, like has a beautiful family from the outside looking in. It's like, man, everything should be right, right. with who Tim Anderson Jr. is. What were some of those things that you felt were weighing on you during those times? It was it was, it was a lot, but it's more so like it's just one of those things that, um, 
you know, I would, I would rather, you know, not, not talk about, you know, some of the things that I was going through. Um, cause it's, it's always about building people up and not tearing them down. So I, I, I always want to build, you know, build people up and, 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 uh, you know, try to always make it better. But as I was going through those, though, it was tough, but you know, to be where I am today, like, and that was just what, like a year ago, like, it's crazy. Just, you know, the path and, um, you know, just the belief that I have, um, even just to be right here to even talk to y'all, like, it's crazy. Cause I remember when I was first going through it, like, I didn't want to be seen. Uh, I didn't want to be talked to, like, but I still had to go out and play. So that even made it a whole lot tougher on me, for sure. You are now at a place where you're at least attempting to, to speak on it. What has that growth process been like for you? Because anytime, you are in one of those places. The growth process is hard. Yeah, for right? sure. The, having the honest conversations, not just about what happens with other people, but about who I am, where I am, what I'm dealing with, that gets to be very difficult. And sometimes that could send you spiraling as well because you're like, man, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about this thing I dealt with growing up. Yeah. I didn't even think about how this affected me or how seeing certain things done this way has made me who I am, yeah. right? Like I deal with those things now as well. Like, oh, yeah, that situation was something I saw with my mother and my father. Here's now me dealing with it at 40. For you, as you've been going through this process and now it seems are starting to feel a little better. How has it been just trying to deal with some of those things? And as you said too, perform at this high level that's expected of you on the field every day. I think when I get to the ballpark, it's just, you know, this is my place of peace and, you know, happiness to kind of get away from everything and everybody. So I kind of, I just really lock in and just try to, you know, focus on what what I'm doing at the moment to have fun because on the field like I, I have fun I don't think about nothing I ain't worried about nothing it's just you know when you leave the field that's when everything really you know starts to you know pick up again and and that that could be the hard part but for the most part like I stay away from the phone and I just try to live in the real life space you know at the beginning of the month all the bills do the real the real life space <laughs> that's you know real I mean yeah like <laughs> that's real I just try to stay in the real life space and and just and, and 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 feed my kids the right way and 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 guide them the right way and 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 be open with them, you know, because that's gonna be a day that's gonna come that I'm gonna have to explain that and I'm gonna be open as I can be because I think they need to understand, you know, what I was going through at that time and and just also they need to understand how the world works as well. Does the organization reach out to you? Do the teams try to help you knowing? Because football is so big, bro. It's yeah, 50 yeah. some dudes. This guy's coming in and out every day. Like, I don't think they have time to really worry about it. But you got to think about, like, what sport I'm in, too. It's not really a black man's sport. I don't think they really know how know how to handle it or what to do. So I think they, they see it, obviously. But nobody really say anything. You know, nobody really. You know, as long as I'm, long as I'm, I'm, I'm coming to the field, I'm playing shortstop, and I'm leading off, and I'm yeah. and doing pretty good, then they, they cool with it. Um, but it has been a little conversation, but not much. Uh, a, a lot been, you know, taken on with, within myself and my team to, you know, try to better myself and, and, and better the situation on how to handle things. And you know, I just really like be real low key and understand the situation and, and, and move in in the best way I know how to, to continue to keep growing and, uh, you know, continue to keep, you know, receiving blessings. Tim, I want to go back real quick. The transition from Tuscaloosa and then 
That's not how you say that damn word. Tuscaloosa. <laughs> Relax, brother. I had a little. You know, said it three football. times, Fred. I had to get you. All right, from Bama. Yeah. For sure. To, uh, to Chicago as a young man. Like, what was that transition like? It was kind of the same, you know, just a bigger city. Um, you know, I was definitely open for it because I knew uh, at that time I was networking. Like you said, I was building a brand, you know, so I was coming across a lot of people and, and, and shaking a lot of hands and, and, and meeting a lot of people. So that was my goal of, of moving there. And then I also had signed my contract, you know, to be there. So I was committed, you know, and been bought into Chicago. I mean, it kind of been like home, you know, being on the south side, you know, they embraced me. Yeah. Uh, a lot of kids. I mean, I look like them. Uh, mm -hmm. Same story, listening, same music, dressed like them. Uh, so I, I felt that avenue was was easy for me to step into to to continue to keep motivating and inspiring in my own way, and uh, you know, just be real, make sure everything matched across the board, the way I talk, the way I walk, uh, my actions, and everything. Just making sure everything matched. Mentioning uh, TA Seven, your your apparel line, your clothing line, I, I see the perfect thing in my head. I see. Truth, authenticity, it all trust, and accountability seven days a week. Yeah. Don't steal my shit. Perfect completion. Yeah. Perfect completion. Perfect completion, for sure. Steal it. Steal it. Yeah, steal it. <laughs> steal it. It was already mine. Still, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you mentioned the kids, though, yeah. south side of Chicago and being able to relate to them. You've also spoken publicly about how expensive this sport is. Chan talks about it. All yeah. the time, and like really? that, sometimes young African Americans or young kids from certain communities they get priced out of being able yeah. to do it. You've reached back in, into the community of Chicago. You, especially in a place that does have the level of gun violence mm. that it that it has, and you've been true to trying to get back in the community. Why has that been so important for you, especially as you continue to ascend as a player? I think like why not like. Like the kids, they're our future. Because there's so much information that's that's really not right and they take in a lot. So I think it's right to give them the truth and I'm open so I'm living with the good, the bad, and the ugly in front of the world. And so but I also get a chance to show show the world that I can continue to be great through the good, the bad, and the ugly. So and I think that's good for the kids as well because I mean they only see the good stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you seeing everything and seeing everything that I'm overcoming, then they're gonna be bought in easily. So I think that's the right thing to do. And I mean, it's easy, man. Do we get to, do we get to come to the sneaker joint the next time? You yeah, for sure. Heck yeah, I definitely he want y'all hey, there. He can't come. That's the best shoes yeah. he got, Tim. <laughs> so I'm, I'm letting you know. Well, I mean, he got time. Yeah, he got time. I ain't spending no money. Sure. I got on Louis shoes. <laughs> Louis Vuitton to walk on the dirt. It don't make sense to me, bro. <laughs> yeah, I really, sure. I, just, I just can't do this. You know what? Because you know, does my son need a $350 bat? <laughs> he can't hit the same with an $80 bag. I mean, it may not go as far. I would have Mariucha or something like that. Mariucha. Marucci. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, so yeah. you know where he was the head trainer for for decades? Well, LSU. He was. Well, they Jack robbed, Marucci. They robbed you know, people. That's what, that's well, what guess what? He ain't the trainer no more. <laughs> Cause he ain't gotta be. I'm paying. I'm paying his salary with my damn bats I buy every year. <laughs> it's worth it though. But you got you got to think about like in in in, in the baseball sport like this. They take care of you, though, once you make it. You yeah. know what I mean? They take care of you. Like, the contract's different. Mm -hmm. uh, you just got to prove it. You just got to prove that you you one of them. And uh, it's going to be out there for you. Getting priced out. Yeah. Uh, how? What's the answer to getting more African-American men, young men that don't have the resources? I have the resources. Yeah. But they don't have the resources into this game. It's always tough uh, because it... Because it, 
you know, as being black, you can get hit with the ball one time and won't go back to it. So it's just, I mean, you can't really say what it is. I mean, all you can do is just try to find somebody to inspire them to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's why I was doing the highlight videos at the time and, and, and doing certain things on social media to make the sport look cool. It's not really cool. Like in basketball, you see different commercials. You see them wearing doper shoes. Like in football, too, you see all the different colors. You see uh, different kind of cliques of what they're doing in the, in the jury and just really a whole lot. And, but in baseball, you don't, you don't see that. It's just it's plain Jane. That's kind of why I try to do things the way I do, um, more so on the on the basketball and the football football side, and not just be labeled as a baseball player. Like uh, you know, you're trying to make the sport look cool and have fun with it. Talk about getting hit with the ball. Yeah. When you know you about to get hit, yeah. You done show somebody. You know that man about to throw that ball at you real hard. Yeah. How did like you walking up to the box? What's you thinking like? I, yeah. I'm about to hit. Yeah, you gonna you gonna you gonna be pissed. For sure, for sure. Do you, do you, do you, do you, do you, man, you just try to tighten up the best way you can. <laughs> just let it bounce off and graze you, for sure. Channing mentioned uh, the price of the bat, which prompted uh, investment, you know, yeah. sacrifice in my, in my mind. Because I know you sacrifice and you get what you want, right? Mm-hmm. On your business acumen. How, how are you invested? How are you involved in business? As, as far as like... Like endeavors. Like. See, that's something that I'm tapping into now as, I, as, as I'm growing. You know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm learning the business side of things. As I continue to keep playing, you know, yeah, I got, I got my first contract, but that ain't really where I need to be. You know, I need I need continue to keep going and try to get one more. That way I can really tap into things that I really want to do for the community. And what I really want to do on the business side to continue to keep growing. Uh, you know, my goal is to, you know, really... Uh, have an agency as well mm-hmm. um, to to get these you know these young athletes the game on on how to move and 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 how to handle the situation and how to continue to keep bettering yourself and having the right resources and having the right people in your corner and not just there for the money. You know? right, I, I can say this: two guys who look like you. One is a legend, obviously King Griffey. Yep, we sure. had him on the show. Uh, business acumen, he's an amazing person. And another guy, Tory Hunter, yeah. we've talked to on the side. Yeah, them, uh, I done pinged that both of those guys. Good yeah, guys. so okay. that's what I was gonna say, those would be great resources. Uh, so your biggest pivot in life, what has that been? Man, getting drafted, for real, just really having an opportunity. Even having a scholarship, because I had one, I had one scholarship, and I was able to turn it into this. So just really having that chance to have that opportunity is really like the biggest moment for me, because I took advantage of it, and uh, I continue to keep learning how to get better and using the right resources to get better, and still doing it uh, every off season to continue to chase greatness. Being successful, it comes with a lot, you know. Uh, but I'm definitely in for the ride to to continue to try to, you know, I want to be the biggest. You know, I want to be the greatest that ever played the sport. I just continue to keep working and keep trying to find the right resources that I need to, to make me a better infielder, a better hitter, even a better teammate. Um, so it's just really just all around the boards, all angles. First off, thank you. Yeah, for sure. I just think that, one, what you did was really difficult. I, I do believe that. I do believe not only the journey in what you're dealing with privately, but to be enough of a man to say, I wasn't ready at one point, and now I am. So I want to say from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate you. Sure. Secondly, as we're rapping, just being human in general is hard to do. Yeah, for sure. Being a, a man, being a, a father, being a husband, it's all very difficult. 
You add to that working to be an elite athlete every single day of your life. And then now I want to give the game back. Now I want to be in the community. And sometimes as we are building these lives, not purposely on our faults and not because we are attempting to do a certain thing, there's this bubble that gets created of our perfection. And a lot of times when that bubbles burst, that bubbles burst in our homes, mm-hmm. right? And that's the time we have to look in the mirror. Those are the conversations that we have. It's very, very, very difficult when it's burst publicly. Yeah, and so sure. to you, man, like we've all been through things. I want to support you. If you ever need me, if you ever need Fred, Chan, whatever, man, you can reach out to me at any time. Like just keep being you, bro. Like keep being authentic. And at the end of the day, Try to behave in a way where you can respect yourself. For sure. Because if we can't do that, bro, like, we can't Yeah, that's do that. why you never really see me, you know, uh, do anything internet-wise or, or, or go crazy. Because it's, you know, I know my truth. And I know, you know, I know what I have to do to, to make it better. And, and to go back to even trying to be greatness, like, you got guys like LeBron and, and, and Michael Jordan. These guys giving you the blueprint as long as you're paying attention. You just got to know how to put the pieces together. And and I watch a lot of y'all podcasts, and, and it's a lot of good shit on there. So it's like I learned, you know, I learned through that. So I, I, I watch a lot of motivational uh, things to, you know, continue to keep me going and, and make sure I'm aligned in the right way that I need to be. Well, you know, man, I know MJ was a player you idolized. You know, growing up, you were born a day after they celebrated their championship over the Phoenix Suns in 1993. And so, you know that. That's the nigga fucking right here, boy. He do his homework, man. Uh, But man, you know, and and that's the type of greatness that I think we should all chase in all facets of our life, man. And just as a as a OG and an uncle, as I guess I am now with all this gray hair, man. uh, I'm proud of you, bro, and I'm rooting for you. For sure. Want to share suit collection? Huh? Want to share shoe collections? <laughs> yeah, we probably can. <laughs> hey, Joe, hey. You will get through his collection real quick, Joe. That's going to happen real fast. No, I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. So I feel like high squad of guys. So you want a state championship, right? Yeah. Me too. Hey, the, yeah, me too. Now. Yeah, oh, everybody got their opinions, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Been broken. Hold up. Limitless. Biggest to me, guy pinning it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. Uh, on the mission, got me up. Uh, knowing me, I got the key. Uh, only bitching I can trust. Uh, trust. Uh, limitless. Take a stomach count, pinning it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. Uh, on the mission, got me up.